0: Hello, this is Dr. Jamie, your adjunct professor, and welcome to the second installment of what I'm now thinking of as a podcast. P L O D cast, podcast, like podcast, but a um, play on the word plod, as in moving forward as in hiking as I am right now, Lake Poway, or as moving steadily forward or plodding forward. If you are a graduate or doctoral scholar who's working on a really large research, research project in general, or just simply plodding forward in your program toward your end goal, which is graduation or terminal degree. So in Today's hike pod, and I'm looking forward to inviting some other scholars to join me on a virtual hike pod where we talk together. We meet at a specific time on a Zoom call, and we walk a specific amount of time. Everybody does it where they are. distance and we talk about your research so stay tuned for an announcement really soon for the first hike plot all right so today i wanted to talk about how exciting it is to really breathe into this idea of pure adjunct professor here with you and with you in mind. I'm excited to say that I just received my first, I just won my first official client scholar Mm -hmm. who, as they were moving against their final defense deadlines, really needed some help cleaning up their manuscript, and crafting their final defense slide deck. And in just 24 hours, I was able to help the scholar identify some gaps, clean up their, their manuscript, and begin to make some decisive stakes and choices about how to present their research in the final defense form in the in the form of a PowerPoint. And these are really very specific skills. Well one, as a scholar, when you get to this point, doctoral scholars, you've been in sort of heat-seeking mode of trying to hunt down your material. Trying to hunt down your question, trying to hunt down out of your mind, your methodology, the gap, um, the format, the structure, and then suddenly, you reach to the, the end or the near end because the end happens in stages. We'll talk about that. The process of getting to the end. I thought I was finished. 10 times and each time I was thoroughly convinced that there was nothing else and each time I was wrong because there was much much more and uh, each time uh, my work blossomed and benefited from going to look again so but you get to the end or the near end you get to one of the many ends and you have to turn off the scholar has to learn how to turn off the heat-seeking missile and that part of your brain that says, no matter what you do, this is wrong. Nobody's gonna care about this. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. This doesn't make any difference. To stepping back and being satisfied by your work. Or alternatively, use what you've created so far as a lump of clay like Michelangelo, I think there's a famous thing about Michelangelo as a sculptor that all you had to do was take a lump of clay or marble and he removed every part that wasn't the statue of David. So using what you've written so far as the clay and from that chisel away and take away I like to say kill your darlings I'm not sure where I found. Remember where I got that phrase, but essentially, "kill your darlings" is a, a sort of a journalistic phrase. I think editors use it, um, movie or film editors use it. It's like you get, you write something, you create something, and it's a very familiar part. It comes maybe, perhaps, from a special part of your thinking process, or it's just a sort of phrase that, for some reason, you like, and it's sort of now woven into the fabric of your work. And it could be a phrase or a page or just an idea. And so the whole thing about your dissertation as a work of art afternoon, as a work of art, is that it is really crafted around answering and harmonized around your research question and your methodology. So when you go back at this point as the scholar, I had the opportunity to do was start to take away those things that did not answer the scholar's question and trim up those things and firm up or fatten up those things that do and then it's the transition from the manuscript which is long you know I don't remember how many words my I think mine was like nineteen thousand words something like that where you got all these words and now you have to sort of tell the story of your research in a presentation that's roughly about 25 minutes maybe 20 slides a minute a slide so you have to be very select about um, what you tell and you need to cover a lot so getting the scholar sort of out of the mindset of explaining which is what the, or exposition, which is what the manuscript is, to summarizing, where your job is to highlight and tell the story. And all too often, scholars put too much information on the slide. I remember my my chair telling me that for my proposal defense. And, you know, I've been doing presentations for a very long time, and so I have, I'm setting my ways about how to do that. My chair would say, you know, summarize the information. And I just couldn't access that idea. But um, back in September, September 21st, I did my final defense. For some reason, I was a little more prepared for that idea or perhaps I had learned enough in my study. I'd reached, my study had grown to the point where it was so much information that I knew that I couldn't tell the whole thing That I had to summarize it. So i the scholar decide what part of the story to tell and how best to represent that in picture for. Actually, and I think the, the temptation is to put on the slide, everything that you wrote, and that's really, it takes a little while, but that's really, and it's, not, it's counterintuitive. That's definitely not the way to go. You want to hold back the text that you wrote for yourself, because that's going to be, those are going to be your talking points and you're going to just use animation and present the ideas by bringing the animation forward as it helps you tell the story. And in fact, if you uh, create your presentation in that way, it really helps your narration because each bullet point becomes like a thought prompt. And you can just uh, use it to guide you through the work. So I'm um, really excited to help the scholar get to their goal. And all the way to publication, and uh, maybe even partner with them in their postdoc. As most of us are beginning to, myself included, to work through the first steps of publishing independently, or taking our dissertation and chopping it up into smaller articles and submitting those to journals. So, um. I'll leave you with a couple of questions. So <clears throat> the first question I'll ask you as, as a scholar is: how do you prioritize your work? And I'd be interested to see what the responses is: like, do you work, do you work in the morning? Do you work in the afternoon? Do you work in the evening? I'm well, specifically talking about your research work your thesis work and two what is a what's a study habit or writing habit that you are aware of that you should adopt into your repertoire or for some reason you just don't you avoid you revert back to old habits so as you think about those questions i'll be thinking about them and we'll use that as the the start of our podcast episode three, come here. Happy studying, good research. Good research questions always make the hair on my arm stand up.